From the heart of Dubai, this is Sports Unhinged with Mohammed Hamiz. And we are on. Hello and welcome to Sports Unhinged. My name is Mohammed Hamiz and however you might be listening to us, whether it's in your favorite podcast app or if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, we are glad that you can be here with us. The NFL season is back and it's about to start with the Thursday opening game at Lincoln Financial Field, the Super Bowl champions, Philadelphia Eagles. And I know it sounds great for you guys, uh, for you Eagles fans when you hear that. You're not going to hear it again for a long, long time, let me tell you that. But the Eagles start their campaign against the Atlanta Falcons and we can't wait. You can see I'm in my Panthers t-shirts. I've got my little Panthers guys over here, Cam Newton and Luke Keekley, keeping me company in this podcast. What a week it has been in the NFL. The last seven to ten days have been game-changing. It's been all about contract extensions, money, 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 being handed out everywhere, apart from Le'Veon Bell, of course. He's the only one that didn't get paid in this whole, um, in this whole cycle. And we first started with news that Odell Beckham Jr. has extended his contract with the New York Giants, $95 million, $41 million guaranteed, making him the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. We'll talk a little bit about that because I don't think the New York Giants will do much this year. Yes, they drafted Saquon Barkley, good running game. They've got Eli Manning. I just don't think that Odell Beckham Jr., is going to be a difference maker. I'll believe it when I see it. There's a category of players and teams this year that I'll say, I'll believe it when I see it. Odell Beckham Jr. is the kind of player that I don't want to see those spectacular catches during the regular season. Show them to me in the playoffs. Don't go out and rent a boat a day before or two days before your your playoff game. Go out there, be focused, and make those catches. So Odell Beckham Jr. started off the... Um, the week with his contract extension. And then the news came out that the bad man himself, Aaron Rodgers, is deservedly the highest paid quarterback in football right now. The Green Bay uh, Packers gave him the extension for $134 million over four years with $103 million guaranteed. Aaron Rodgers is going nowhere. He's staying in Green Bay. But I have something to say about that as well because some other other transfers that have happened in the last week is going, are going to hurt the Green Bay Packers and their chances of even reaching the playoffs this year. That was then followed by Aaron Donald of the LA Rams, who got his contract extension for $135 million, $87 million guaranteed. And for a very brief period of time, he was the highest paid defensive player in the league. That was broken with the latest news coming out, breaking news this week, Khalil Mack is now a Chicago Bear. The Oakland Raiders let go of the best player on their roster for draft picks. I don't understand that. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as well. Let me start with Aaron Rodgers. Because when he got his contract extension, a lot of people congratulated him and a lot of people who are not haters went out and said that he deserves to be the highest paid quarterback in the league him and Tom Brady deserve to be the highest paid but everybody criticized him for this particular reason why aren't you doing the Tom Brady thing where you take a pay cut surround yourself with players that you need to win a Super Bowl why Aaron Rodgers are you screwing up the salary cap for the foreseeable future I'll tell you why 
is because Aaron Rodgers is playing for the Green Bay Packers. And the last time I checked, they look nothing like the New England, New England Patriots. When Mike McCarthy evolves like a Pokemon and becomes Bill Belichick, when you give Aaron Rodgers somebody like Gronkowski, when you keep his, uh, his favorite wide receivers like Jordy Nelson around instead of shipping them off to the Oakland Raiders, then maybe I would say, all right, Aaron, you should take a, a pay cut. And the Green Bay Packers had a golden opportunity this week to change that tone, to let Aaron Rodgers know that they are all about winning and they want a Super Bowl. Because it's a crying shame that a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers doesn't have more Super Bowls. And that golden chance was with Khalil Mack. The Oakland Raiders are doing the stupidest thing in football, not paying the best player on their roster. And we'll talk about that a bit more in a second. But the price tag that they put on Khalil Mack was two first-round picks. Green Bay are the only team that have two first-round picks next year. And if it were any other team, I would say, oh, that's too much to spend. That's a lot. You're, you're betting your future for a player right now. With Green Bay, it was a no-brainer. Because Aaron Rodgers is a once-in-a-lifetime quarterback. He's at his prime. This is the time to win. You win now. And for two first-round picks, you would have gotten a player that would have made such an impact. Khalil Mack would have made the difference between the Green Bay Packers not reaching the playoffs and being Super Bowl contenders. I really think that. And what made it worse is that he went to a division rival in the Chicago Bears. Now, the Chicago Bears gave up a first-round pick in 2019, first-round pick in 2020, a third-round pick in 2020 and a sixth-round pick in 2019. But they got some picks in return as well. They got a second-round pick in 2020 and a fifth-round pick, a conditional fifth-round pick in 2020. That was a mouthful. But basically, they gave up two first-round picks for the, one of the best defensive players in all of the league. And he is one of the best defensive players in all of the league. Since 2015, Khalil Mack has had 36.5 sacks, second highest in the NFL. He was first in hurries and pressures. And let me get those figures here. 114 hurries and 185.5 pressures, first in the NFL. 52 tackles for a loss, third in the NFL. This is an impact player. And now he's going to move from pay, uh, playing as a defensive end to an outside linebacker, which means his job is just to go after the quarterback. That, this is going to be an incredible... He, he gives the Chicago Bears defensive notoriety. He gives them flexibility in the defense. He gives them impact. He will make other players on that team better. Now, when he moved, the Vegas odds went from 6.5 games to 7.5 games for the Chicago Bears. I would bet the over for that any day of the week. In fact, I think the Chicago Bears, if things go well, because Mitch Trubisky has been surrounded with good talent right now. He's got Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen and running back. They got Allen Robinson. They got um, Gabriel, Taylor Gabriel from the Atlanta Falcons. They've got him some talent right now. And he had a chance last year to get rid of the jitters 
first year, second year jitters. And now he should actually be performing. Having a guy like Khalil Mack in defense is going to make a lot of difference for a young quarterback like Mitch Trubisky. Takes off a lot of pressure when the defense gets your recoveries and stops the opponent from scoring. I'm really, I'm going big on the Chicago Bears. Now in my initial predictions for the season, I had the wild card um, spots in the NFC going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, that's right, Philadelphia, you're not winning your division. You heard it here first. And I had the Atlanta Falcons getting the second wild card. I think the Chicago Bears could actually challenge for that right now. Now, I know I'm going to get a lot of uh, flack for this, but I have the Dallas Cowboys winning the NFC East. I just really think that Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are really going to come through again this year. And I love to hate on the Cowboys as much as the next guy, but for some reason I have a feeling that Philadelphia are going to be on a Super Bowl hangover um, this year. They're going to lose a lot of close games. They'll make it to the playoffs. They'll get a wild card, but they won't win their division. We'll see. Now, let's move our attention to the AFC East. And I'll, I'll, I'll go through the divisions and quickly give my, my predictions for the season. We won't do an in-depth analysis because, honestly, with the NFL, it's pointless to go through very detailed predictions because you simply don't know. It's a short season. It's 16 games in the regular season. Then it's the playoffs. It's a short season. With the NBA, 82 games, you know over time that the best team is going to win the whole thing. It's more scientific. With football, I did the Premier League predictions last week. 38 games in the season. Over the course of the season, you can tell where, which way teams are heading. With the NFL, you've got absolutely no clue. If somebody told me last year, before the beginning of the season, that the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to reach the AFC Championship game, I would have told them they're crazy. I would have probably bet my house that that wouldn't happen. It happened. Philadelphia Eagles never won a Super Bowl. They ended up winning their first Super Bowl. This is the beauty of the NFL. A game could be decided by a dropped catch, a missed field goal. The margins between winning and losing are so small, it just makes it the most exciting sport in the world. So, moving on to the AFC East with the New England Patriots, one of the things that kept going during the offseason was all this chatter on around the New England Patriots. Clearly, there was trouble in paradise over there. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick used to be like two peas in a pod, and all of a sudden, there was a clash of egos. There was some kind of conflict that was going on, and it started with Bill Belichick banning Alex Guerrero, Tom Brady's personal trainer. He's the guru that keeps Tom Brady on these avocado ice creams and gives him these massages that makes, make sure that he doesn't get injured and all of that kind of stuff. And Bill Belichick didn't like this guy being around the players and banned him from the team plane, the locker. But there's only so much you can do when you have the greatest quarterback of all time on your team. Even though you're the greatest coach probably of all time arguable because of Spygate and all of the other stuff. But eventually one of the two had to kind of give up. And Bill Belichick was smart enough to know that 
yeah, it's, it's, it's Tom Brady's show. So guess what happened? Alex Guerrero is back in there. There was even talk of Gronkowski leaving. But one thing that makes me sick to my stomach is when I switch on ESPN or FS1, actually an ESPN first take. Two years ago, Max Kellerman, who's a great boxing analyst, I, I really enjoy watching him on that show. I think he's made it better um, after Skip Bayless left. And he makes a lot of great points analyzing sports. He's the best at boxing, of course. But when it comes to Tom Brady, two years ago, Max Kellerman made a statement that went viral where he said that Tom Brady was going to fall off a cliff and I quote, be a bum in short order. And he hasn't given up on this prediction. It's been two years. And a lot of people have been talking about how nobody's ever done what Tom Brady has done at, at his age. Well, if you, if you guys are looking through history, the only thing that you need to see is that Tom Brady has defied the odds all the way from the beginning. And if you can't remember, just go on YouTube and, and look for the documentary called The Brady Six, which was filmed after Brady won his third Super Bowl. And it tells you the story of how Brady was... The story is very well known. He was drafted in the sixth round, 199th pick. Six quarterbacks went before him. The scouting report was absolutely horrible. Skinny, can't throw can't stay in the pocket, can't make decisions quickly, will get exposed. He defied all of these odds. He went out, took the starting job, won a Super Bowl, won another, won another, and now he's got five. Tom Brady is used to breaking barriers. There is absolutely no doubt right now that he's the greatest quarterback of all time. So when you have someone like that in your team, you, you're always in it. And for Max Kellerman to predict that Tom Brady was going to fall off a cliff, he made that prediction two years ago. Since that prediction was made, Tom Brady has thrown for 10,400 yards. He has a win-loss record, uh, record of 29 to 5, 29 wins to 5 losses. TD interception ratio of 75 to 13, 105.3 rating. He's won a Super Bowl championship, he's won a Super Bowl MVP, and he's won a regular season MVP or NFL MVP last year. Tom Brady is going nowhere. Now, granted, what's been going on in the offseason will mean that the Patriots will take a step back this year. I think Vegas has him at 11.5. I would bet the under. I have the Patriots finishing 10-6, and six, possibly missing uh, or not getting the first round by in the playoffs for the first time in a long time. But they're going to be there, and they're going to be contending. Now, in their division, the New York Jets just traded Teddy Bridgewater to the New Orleans Saints, which means that Sam Darnold is now going to be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. I'm very excited about seeing Sam Darnold develop in this league. I think he's the best quarterback that's been drafted in a long, long time. He's going to, he's the first or the best decision the New York Jets have ever made. And he's going to turn things around. In fact, we might see the best rookie season from a quarterback in a long, long time this year. I have the Jets possibly getting a wild card spot. That's the expectation that I have of them. Now, Buffalo, Josh Allen needs time. He's shown that he's not ready for the NFL. There's going to be a lot of uh, growing pains there. And the Miami Dolphins, I'm just, I've never been a fan of uh, Ryan Tannehill. I think at the end of the season... 
the Miami Dolphins will be in the draft looking for the next quarterback. In the AFC North, everybody's favorite Super Bowl pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they should win their division. But the team that I want to talk about is a team that I've, um, I don't know, I've started to develop a bit of a, a liking to. I feel sorry for them. It's like, a, it's like watching a, a sad, romantic comedy. And that's the Cleveland Browns. If any of you have been watching Hard Knocks, which is a fantastic documentary that follows teams around before the beginning of the season and pulls the curtain back a little bit so we can see what goes on in the trainings, in the coaches' meetings, in the preseason games. How the co- It's a fantastic documentary. It really gets you to go in there and see how the pudding is made or how the, how the sausage is made, so to speak. And with the Cleveland Browns, it's so ugly. It's so bad. And you can tell why this team is 1-33 and 33 in the last two years, or 1-32. and 1-31. and 31. Yeah, 16 games a year. Never been to the playoffs. They're 1-31 and 31 under Hugh Jackson. 0-16 last year, 1-15 the year before. And one of the things that I saw also on more than one sports channel in, in, in the last couple of weeks, especially after the preseason game, between the Cleveland Browns and the Philadelphia Eagles is that people started calling for Hugh Jackson's head. They wanted him to be fired before the season starts. And I just don't get that. He did make a mistake. His starting quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, which, by the way, is a two-time Pro Bowl quarterback. And he did get the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs. Tyra Taylor against the Philadelphia Eagles injured his wrist, seemed to injure his wrist, went, got medically cleared, and was sent back into the game by Hugh Jackson. It was a stupid decision. It's a pointless game. You don't risk your starting quarterback, especially when your backup quarterback, who's the first pick in the draft, Baker Mayfield, has not had many reps with the first team or any reps in the preseason games, to, um, to be specific. It was stupid for Hugh Jacksons to do that, but you don't fire him before the preseason, before the season starts. If you've given Hugh Jackson the chance to draft and rebuild the team and get in his quarterbacks and try to develop a team that actually could win, then you need to stick it out and see how he does. So either you fire him at the end of last season when he went 0-16, that would have been perfect. Nobody would have complained about it. Or you give him a chance. Now, a lot of people want Todd Haley, who is the offensive coordinator, to take the job. And here's where I have a problem with that. I have a problem with coaches that get fired when when they're actually doing really well with one team. Somebody else takes over and takes all the credit. We've seen Tony Dungy with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He left, John Gruden came, took his team, and won a championship. In the NBA, we saw Mark Jackson set the stage for the Golden State Warriors. And Steve Kerr came in. Now, Steve Kerr is an amazing coach, and he's managed to start this dynasty in the, in the league. But Mark Jackson did a lot of the work there. Now, this might be a bad analogy because the Cleveland Browns are not going to be anywhere near a championship um, this year. But at least let them start the season and see how they do before you fire Hugh Jackson. Now, with a defense like that, 
a Pro Bowl quarterback, Jarvis Landry coming in. Your running game should be good. This team, the defense alone, should get you five or six wins. I really expect that of the Browns. In fact, I'm going to go out there and make a bold prediction, which could make me look very stupid very quickly. But I'm going to make a prediction that the Cleveland Browns are actually going to finish second in their division, ahead of Baltimore, and of course ahead of the Cincinnati Bengals, who should have fired Marvin Lewis a long, long time ago. The Browns start against the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. It's okay if you lose that. They're at the Saints, home to the Jets, at the Raiders, home to the Ravens, home to the Chargers. If they're 3-3 three and three after the first six games, you keep Hugh Jackson. If not, you fire him. At best, Hugh Jackson actually turns the team around and they start winning. At worst, he's making the job very attractive for whoever takes over after him. So that's it for the Cleveland Browns. I have them going second in their division this year. Now let's go to the AFC South very quickly. I'm going with the Houston Texans because of Deshaun Watson. He's back. They have the easiest schedule in the NFL. That's very significant. They've got Clowney and J.J. Watt. I think Clowney's in a contract here, so he has something to prove. And I have the Jacksonville Jaguars going from first to last. Jalen Ramsey has been talking just way too much. He's trying to do what Richard Sherman did in the past, what um, other CBs have done. Josh Norman, that was the name I'm trying to remember, Josh Norman did with the Panthers and then with the Redskins to get big um, contracts. And he's trying to do that to get paid. I understand. But the Jacksonville Jaguars had a very lucky year because their defense carried them. You need to remember they have Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles at quarterback. And he's going to get exposed this year. I have them as the team that's going first to last. Andrew Luck is back with the Indianapolis Colts. Can't make a prediction there because we simply don't know which Andrew Luck are we getting back. Are we getting the Andrew Luck that's going to get injured again? Or are we going to get the Andrew Luck that's going to win you games on his own and take you all the way to the playoffs? In the West, AFC West, there's a category of teams, like I said, that I would say I'll believe it when I see it. And the team that falls in that category for me is the LA Chargers. We've been hearing about the LA Chargers being a top team for a very, very long time now. I'll believe it when I see it. I don't have them doing well this year. I have the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm a big fan of Mahomes. Second year, he's going to be fantastic. He's going to connect with Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins all year long. I have the Kansas City Chiefs winning their division. For the second wild card, I have the Denver Broncos taking it. The curious case of Case Keenum. They have the fifth easiest schedule in the NFL. They have Bradley Chubb, who I think is going to be defensive rookie of the year this year. And he's going to be learning from Von Miller. The Broncos have had a lot of problem at quarterback. I think Case Keenum solves that for them this year. Oakland Raiders, we've already covered that. John Gruden is not sending a, mes a message to his players that they can win. You can turn up to work, have high character, play your heart out, become one of the best players in the NFL. And when it comes time to pay you, 
you have to go and get paid somewhere else. By trading Khalil Mack, this is the message that the Oakland Raiders have sent. They don't want, they don't want to win now. They're, they have their eyes set on Vegas. It's a long-term project. John Gruden has a 10-year contract. He hasn't coached in 10 years. He's old-fashioned. Bad hairstyles for him and the owner. It's a mess. The Oakland Raiders is a mess or are a mess. And it's a shame because they have a fantastic quarterback in Derek Carr. Marshawn Lynch is back. I don't know how that's going to play out in the locker room. I don't have the Oakland Raiders doing well at all this year. Let's move to the NFC and start with the NFC East. Now, I made the statement at the beginning of the season, and last year we had a guest on who is the commissioner of Pick 4 Fantasy League here in Dubai, who is a Philadelphia Eagle fan. And Yujira made a prediction at the beginning of the year that this is their year, the Philadelphia Eagles. And he got lucky. He won the lottery. They won the Super Bowl. And like every other Eagle fan that I know, they're very confident this year. Only Malcolm Jenkins, who's one of my favorite players in the league, came out and said how much he hates the fact that they put a big banner in the locker room that says Super Bowl champions. Because the attitude that he has is, let's move on. We've won. We've had our parade. The minute the parade is over, we need to be back watching tape and preparing for the next year. Instead, their coach has a new book. They are still harping on about the win. They have a, a Super Bowl hangover. This whole team is hungover right now. I don't have them winning their division. The Dallas Cowboys will win that division. Philadelphia Eagles will get the wild card. The New York Giants, I'll believe it when I see it. They fall in that category. And the Washington Redskins, last place. Sean McVay left. Jay Gruden's in the hot seat. He's 28 and 35. They got Alex Smith, never been convinced. It's, the, it's one of the toughest divisions to predict. Second to the NFC South, which I'm moving on to next. But yeah, I mean, no, Philadelphia Eagles, you're not winning it this year. I'm sorry. Moving on to the uh, NFC. Actually, let me do the NFC North first. Uh, and we've covered that already. Green Bay missed out on Khalil Mack. Chicago Bears are much, much stronger with Killian Mack right now. I have them finishing second in the division behind the Minnesota Vikings. Green Bay finishing third. And the Detroit Lions, Matt Patricia, Matt Stafford. Colin Cowherd and FS1 just was very, very offensive when he analyzed this division. And he called them the doormats. And it was a picture of a doormat with both Matt Patricia and Matt Stafford on it. That was a bit too much. But pretty much that's the Detroit Lions and who they have been in the last few years. Now let's go to the NFC South. My Carolina Panthers are going to shock the world again this year. Nobody had them going to the Super Bowl a few years ago. They didn't have a running game. They didn't have a wide receiving core. It was Cam Newton who carried the team on his back and went for it. This year is going to be different for my Panthers. And all the criticism that Cam Newton gets, and I've been one of the first people to say this, when things 
are going well. He feeds off that energy and he plays really, really well. When things are going bad, he can't get out of it. He sulks. He takes a step back. But Cam Newton, I feel, over the last few years has been maturing more and now he is a mature quarterback. And there are three reasons why he's, doing do why he's going to be doing great this year. First, North Turner. We got rid of Shula, brought in Turner. North Turner made Troy Aikman a long time ago the quarterback that he needed to be to win the championship with the Dallas Cowboys. It will take a little while to adjust, but I have the Panthers hitting the ground running and at least winning games, even if they're close, at the beginning of the season. The second reason is Christian McCaffrey. We have a running game now. Cam Newton no longer has to be the highest rushing player in the team. McCaffrey brings speed, versatility. He can catch the ball. He can rush the ball. It's great. And the third one is the wide receiving core. Devin Funches, and maybe this falls in, in, in the category of you heard it here first. Devin Funches has a chance of being a pro bowler this year. We drafted DJ Moore, who has been absolutely fantastic at the, at the preseason. I have the Panthers winning the division with the Atlanta Falcons as a close second and getting the wild card. Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Tampa is the last year for Dirk Cutter and Jameis Winston. I think that experiment has run its course. And this year will kind of cement that. And the New Orleans Saints will only go as far as Drew Brees can take them. I still believe Drew Brees has a couple of really good years in him. But I don't know. I don't think in, in, the, in this tough division that they'll do enough to move on to the playoffs. And finally the NFC West. The Los Angeles Rams, on paper, is the scariest team in the NFL right now. On paper, the Los Angeles Rams should reach the Super Bowls. The Super Bowl. And many Super Bowls after that. They have a locker room full of happy people. Everybody got paid. They have a quarterback with a very team-friendly contract in Jared Goff. They've put some help around him, Brandon Cooks, who got overpaid in my opinion. And they've been connecting well. The defense, however, Aqib Tlaib, Marcus Peters at, at cornerback. Ooh, that's a shot down corners in each side. Indomitian Sue, Aaron Donald, this team should go 13-3 and three in the regular season. First playoff round by, and they should be cruising all the way to the NFC Championship game. Anything less than that will be an underachievement this year. Then we have the um, Arizona Cardinals, who I think they've been an 8-8 eight and eight team for a long time, and they've got Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford will get hurt very quickly. A tackle here, a tackle there. His knee is gone, his neck is gone, his back is gone, his rib is gone. It's Sam Bradford. And Josh Rosen will have a very tough, rough initiation to the NFL. San Francisco 49ers, everybody's high on Jimmy Garoppolo. And we saw the controversy of who he was dating and Jimmy G became Jimmy G-String and Jimmy the Beast and he, all of these nicknames came out for Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Now, deflate gate was the best thing to ever happen to him because he gave everybody a small sample size and he got paid. And he did do well last year. He turned things around for the San Francisco 49ers. But I don't think it's enough. Maybe to get a wild card, but I have the Eagles and the Falcons getting the wild cards instead. And the Seahawks, the offensive line is in rebuild. Earl Thomas wants to get traded. Richard Sherman is gone. Michael Bennett is gone. The Seahawks experience, the Legion of Boom is officially over. So to recap, before I wrap this up, we've got the New England Patriots, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Texans, and the Kansas City Chiefs winning their divisions. The wild cards go to the surprising pick for me, the New York Jets and the Denver Broncos. In the NFC, we have the Dallas Cowboys winning their division, Minnesota Vikings, Carolina Panthers, and the Los Angeles Rams with the wild card picks going to Philadelphia Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons. Possibly the Chicago Bears. If Khalil Mack hits the ground running, they could actually take the wild card from one of the two. So those are our preseason predictions for the NFL. It's going to be an exciting season. It's not going to stop. We're soon going to start bringing on guests from last year and new guests as well from the Pick 4 Fantasy League running out of Dubai over here. Shout out to those guys. And we just can't wait. Now, I just hope that the Carolina Panthers, who faced the Dallas Cowboys in the first game, hit the ground running. Otherwise, I'm going to be very silly looking as optimistic as I have been um, in this podcast. But hey, our Philadelphia Eagle was as optimistic last year and it worked out for him. So why not? Anyways, this has been Sports Unhinged. My name is Mohamed Khamis. And until next time, take care.